Word? Yeah. I said, y'all ready for the word? Yeah. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Exodus chapter 34, not 35, not 32. Uh, it's 34. Forgot about 33. Exodus chapter 34. I'm going to read. We're going to pray and dive right into this. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. I got to be honest with you. Like, yeah, you. I, I'm really excited for this. Ready? The Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets that you smashed. Dang. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai. Somebody say Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Come on, somebody say Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Write that on the corner of your nose. You're going to need that for this sermon. Climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Don't even let the animals or the herds graze near the mountain. And so Moses chiseled out the two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed to Mount Sinai. Somebody say Mount Sinai. If you didn't write it down yet, please write it down. Climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. He carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Verse 5, then the Lord came down in a cloud. Come on, God didn't just come down regularly. He came down in his whip. He came down in a cloud. Oh, I love God's car. It's so beautiful. Came down in a cloud, and he stood there with them. He called out his own name. God said, Yahweh, and the Lord passed right in front of Moses, calling this out. Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger. Oh, I wish I had that ability. And filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Come on, we need to learn that. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Ready, ready, ready. But I do not excuse the guilty. Uh-oh. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. I did not know it was that sermon today. Come on, somebody. Verse 8, Moses immediately, he didn't think, he didn't breathe, he didn't do anything else, he didn't question. The Bible says immediately threw himself on the ground and worshipped. And he said, oh, Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquities and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. Look what God says. And he says this to us today. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation and all the people around you will see that the Lord the awesome power I will display for you is with you come on let's bow our heads and close our eyes Gibby can I wipe my sweat with this please thank you God, we thank you so much for your goodness. Come on, you can pray with me. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we pray that you would speak to us today. God, that you would use our hearts and open them right now. Uh, God, I am less in control in this moment, and I put you in full control so that I may not be glorified, but that you may be glorified. Lord, if they know a pastor at the end of the night, but they don't know a savior, I have failed at my mission. And so tonight, Jesus, it is less of me, less of us, and more of you, Jesus. 
Lord, I pray that your presence would be in this room. Come on, like the song says, I go back to the start, right where you found me, where I was nothing, where I was below the dirt, God, where I was below my passion, where I was below my dreams, where my hope was gone, and you found me, God. I go back to that place, and Lord, I ask that you would carry me forward in Jesus' beautiful and wonderful name. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Raptors would win this next game. Lord, I, hallelujah, I can feel his glory right now. Come on. Lord, I also pray that when I get home, the wasp that has been terrorizing me for weeks would be down on the ground, and I will stomp on him like he is the enemy. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Amen. Are y'all sweating as much as I am right now? Is it these lights? Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited that NBA Finals are now in season. Uh, I've been turning up recently. I stopped watching basketball for a while, but I am finally back in the grind. I'm not playing. I'm you can see I'm definitely not playing, but I am watching like a hawk and I'm enjoying every second of this series. Um, it takes me back to a moment where I was very big on sports uh, when I was younger. And I remember when I was in elementary, uh, I was playing every sport. Like I was playing marbles, I was playing chess, I was playing basketball, I would shoot arrows, I would play paintball. Like I would do anything and everything that made me sweat and breathe heavy and lose pounds. Like I just loved running around. I never wanted to be in the house. and. I remember uh, it was 2008 when this happened. It was season of the Olympics in Beijing. I remember Burger King had these toys. That's how I remember exactly what happened. Burger King had these toys when you would buy the Happy Meal or the Kids Meal, don't judge me. I know Happy Meal's McDonald's. When you would buy the Kids Meal, they would give you these toys and it was themed about the Olympics. And so I, I go, I get my Kids Meal, I'm eating it, I'm munching it. When I finally get my toy, I see that it's a table tennis set. It's like a little piece of cardboard, smaller than my hand. You could fold it, put it right in the middle of any table. Like, it could go anywhere with you on the floor, on the table, top of your TV. You could play tennis anywhere or table tennis. And it had two small little ping pong paddles, smaller than my hand, and it came with one ball. So you had to be really good, because if you lose that ball, you got to get another Happy Meal and hope that you get that same toy. <laughs> so I'm playing every single day. I remember every Saturday morning. Does anybody watch the Avatar Last Airbender? Not the blue guys. The real guys, come on somebody. The glory of the Lord is here, I can feel his presence. Avatar, last airbender. Yeah. I know all the moves. Pause, rewind, watch it again, let me master this. I think if I did it well enough, fire would actually come out and I would watch it every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. I think it's the time, right? No? 9 a.m. I remember at the end of the show, y'all know the song. At the end of the show, I would jump on my couch. Just throw it behind, right? I would jump on my couch, backflip. Just kidding, I would hurt myself. Jump off the couch, kick, kick, kick. I would look at the like the mountains that they would climb, and I would pretend I was jumping on the mountains all over. I'm enjoying this so much right here. I would go crazy. During the commercial breaks, I would play with my table tennis. Had a very lonely childhood, so I would play with the wall. <laughs> The wall was more competitive than anybody else, and so I got pretty good. Start jumping left and right, bow, ping pong, bow, bow. I was getting so good. One point, I started doing my avatar dance at the end of the episode, and some whack show like The Backyard Games was coming on right after. <laughs> Y'all offended? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know he was there. <laughs> whack show, you know what I'm saying. And I was sweating from all my avatar dancing, mastering the, uh, the element of fire that day. I think it was that weekend. And 
I was sweating, so I was wiping the sweat and backyard against was boring me. So I started practicing my table tennis. It was some bootleg table tennis, but I was working it. And I wiped the sweat off because I was working out hard. Now keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And on one, I hit it so perfectly where it bounced, bounced right where the wall was at. And it came perfectly towards me. I, I, I need to let you know this. As it came towards me, everything went down in slow motion. People suddenly, they just appeared on my couch. They had like numbers. I don't know what they were for. You know, when I look outside the window, I, I saw thousands of people just saying, Dennis. <laughs> then when I look forward, I'm seeing another man at the end of a table tennis table. Don't know how I got there, but he's like this, just ready to charge up. And the ball is coming my way. And so I swing that sucker as hard as I can. And as soon as I hit the ping pong paddle, it goes straight to the wall. It goes down on the floor. And when I look to the right towards the TV, it was cracked completely. Looked at my hand, I said, where'd the paddle go? <laughs> I remember you could only see the backyard against like the bottom left corner of the TV. It was so sad. It's like, uh-oh, the penguin is gone. <laughs> so what do you do? Turn off the TV and run to your room. Go to my room, I'm chilling. My mom says, Dennis, what's going on? I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> Before she could tell me, I told her, somebody broke the TV. I don't know who did it. Go to my sister's room, you broke the TV. No, go to my dad, you broke the TV. My mom's like, somebody? There's only four people that live in this house. I didn't break it. Your pops didn't break it. Your sister didn't break it. Dennis, did you break the TV? I, I said, Mom, I got the whole plan. I'm going to go to school tomorrow. I'm going to sell Starburst and Jolly Ranchers. That's all I had access to. Starburst and Jolly Ranchers. I'm going to sell them, and I'm going to get enough money for the new TV. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Whoa, right? turn that off so I'm going I buy a dollar pack of Starburst I open it I sell it for 25 cents each Starburst I'm a hustler like you know what I'm saying I'm there I'm surviving out here Dolly Ranchers I buy two for 25 guess what I do I sell one for 25 uh oh profit baby you know what I'm saying y'all can get with me entrepreneurship you know what we're talking about here selling candy turns out my friends found out that they could get an entire pack for a dollar just like I did and so uh, I got an entire day, $2. I was hyped. First day, $2 on the block, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all with a background, oh, I know what he's doing, I know what he's doing. It's candy, relax. Day number two, nothing. All my friends had candy at lunch, and I'm like, what y'all get for? What y'all do? Y'all know I'm trying to run a business here? Y'all gonna mess me up like that? And so I, a week goes by, only had $2. I spent the $2 to get more candy that I couldn't even sell. A month goes by, I still look at my TV and it has cracks. About a month and a half goes by, I go to the TV to see if anything has happened, and I see a brand new TV. I said, oh, oh, <laughs> heck no. Nah. I look at the controller, guess what? Brand new controller. <laughs> Snap. Click on the button, guess what? Welcome. I didn't even know TVs did that. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I'm having this moment. My mom comes out. I'm like, mom, somebody got us a brand new TV. <laughs> She, she, said, she said, no, Dennis, I, I got us a brand new TV. I said, but mama, I only made $2. She said, I, I know, but I knew you could never fix what you broke. And so I decided to go buy something brand new instead. If you're taking notes, can you write this down for yourself? God fixes your brokenness, but he also fixes what you broke. See, and, and so many of us, we say, God fixed my insecurity. God, God, fix my frustration. God, fix my mess. And God is saying, yes, I will fix your mess, but I want you to focus on your mistakes because I got to fix that too. 
And if we're not careful, we'd play the victim with God for the rest of our lives. And something I've learned about victims is that they can never walk in victory. Because they'll always be questioning. And they'll always be pointing. But you, you don't know what he did to me? Okay, I, okay, girl, I get it. Can we start walking in victory? Can you start walking like you won? Instead of walking like you're hurt. And every single day of our lives, we're saying, God, fix my brokenness. Fix my brokenness. Fix my brokenness. And God is saying, yes, I am willing to fix your mess. But sometimes your mistake is what puts you in that mess. Sometimes the things you did, the decisions you made, is what puts you in that brokenness. It was what you messed up that puts you in that mess. And God is saying, if you want me to fix your mess, let me fix the mistake that puts you in that mess. You know what's crazy? I learned this about a lot of people like us. We want freedom, but we don't want forgiveness. Can I let you know why? Because you got to take ownership if you're truly going to be forgiven. When God really forgives you, something's got to change in your heart. Why? Because whatever God forgives has to change. And so many of us, we want the freedom of a life after Jesus died and resurrected, but we don't want the forgiveness of the cross because the forgiveness of the cross says, hey, that's the old you. Move away from it. Let's move to something new. And you're saying, God, 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 I, don't, I just don't like my problem. I, I don't like what they're doing in my life. And, and I'm so frustrated. And God is saying, I, I understand. But if you let me work with you, we won't even have to talk about your problem. You'll get past it. <laughs> we won't have to talk about your insecurity. We'll get past it. We won't have to talk about what they're doing to you. Why? Because you're going to move past it. But God is saying, listen, I'm going to need you to get a little bit more personal with me if we're going to get through this thing called life. Because you want God to change everything around you except everything that's inside of you. And we present to God our entire lives, but we don't present to him our entire lives. I want you to understand God can fix your brokenness. To an extent, he's already doing that. That's why you're here right now. But just as God wants to fix your brokenness, he also wants to fix the things that you broke. I love what the, what the next verse says right here. God looks at Moses he says, Moses, be ready, because in the morning I need you to climb up Mount Sinai. Somebody say Mount Sinai. He says, be ready. In the morning, climb up Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me on top of the mountain. You, you, you know, I, I need you to learn this lesson. This is what God was talking about with Moses. I, I want you to write this down. When you go to God, go ready. You, you know what's crazy? We, we love this phrase. If I don't have expectations, I can't be disappointed. It's true. But you know why you can't be disappointed? Because the moment you let go of hope and expectations, you sink down to the same level of disappointment. So disappointment doesn't affect you because you've already been there. Disappointment doesn't hurt you because you were already there before it got to you. You say, I I'll just give up my hope. The moment you let go of hope, you automatically start living in disappointment. And, and God says, no, Moses, be ready. As in when you lift up your hands, you better be ready because anything can happen. Well, when the song starts, you better be ready because anything can change in your life. When you enter a place like this where there is faith and hope in the room, you need to be ready because anything can happen. See, but don't mistake in it. I said when you go to God, go ready. I didn't say go to God when you're ready because there's a difference. I said go to God ready. Don't go to God when you're ready. You know what's crazy? We say, I'll go to God when I'm ready. Like if you knew what God was about to do. I'll go to God when, when, when I'm ready for him. Wait, but you have no idea what God's about to do in your life. 
So how can you prepare for something that's beyond your mind? The Bible says this. Can I, can I preach to you right now? The Bible says that God has something in store for the people that love him and are called according to his name. You know what it describes with, with? He says, eyes have not seen. Ears have never heard. And he says the human mind cannot even imagine what God has in store for those that are loving him and are called according to his name. And you're telling me you want to be ready for something you can't even prepare for? See, I, I learned this quickly about God. His definition of ready is a little bit different than ours. See, when you say I'm ready, it's because you're in control. When God says, are you ready, it's because he wants you to be committed. Me being ready is like me saying, God, I'm moving from house to house. I got everything packaged. I paid the last bill. I, I, I sold the house. Uh, my mortgage is good. I'm ready to live into the new house. My family's got everything together. My children stop picking their boogers. They're ready to move on to this new house. No more boogers on the wall. Like, we are ready as a family. We have everything in control, and we're ready to move. But God is not saying ready as in, in control. God is saying ready as in, are you ready to jump off the plane? Because you got jump. Are, are you ready? Not, not for what you're about to move, but are you ready to stay committed through the call? Are you ready to stay committed through the worst of it all? Are you ready to stay committed even when it doesn't make sense? Because God isn't saying, are you ready, as in, are you in control? He's actually saying, are you ready, as in, are you committed through thick and through thin? Are you ready, as in, are you ready to do whatever it takes to get where I want to take you? Are you ready, as in, are you ready to stop complaining and just fix your eyes on me, the perfecter of your faith, the author of your heart? I think God is asking us the same question he's asking Moses, are you ready? No, I don't mean motivationally. I mean, are you truly ready? When you were singing those songs, were you ready for God to do something even though you did not know what he wanted to do? When you came in through those doors, are you ready for God to change your life even, your, even though you did not know how he was going to do it? When you go to God, go ready. I, I, I've had so many people tell me, Pastor, I'm ready. You ready? Okay. Had a kid tell me, he came to church, uh, I think it's like his second time coming to church. He said, yo, Pastor, I'm ready to preach. I said, okay. curse in our last conversation, like telling me how awesome life was. He said, yeah, 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 but, but I know I got a story. I, I, I said, you're right, but you're, you're not ready to preach. He, he said, yes, yes, I am. I'm ready to preach. I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. I said, that right there lets me know that you're not ready to preach. Because when you preach, you want to prove something. No, 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 no. That's not why we preach. You know why we preach? Can, can I let you know why there's a pastor here preaching every single Wednesday, Tuesday, Sunday, whenever it is that we gather? You know why there's a pastor preaching? Because God has allowed somebody to step in an area like Moses where nobody has been before. I love when God says this. Nobody can come with you. Not even the sheep and the goats can get near you. God has allowed somebody to get into a place with God that nobody else can be in so he can share a special message that comes directly from God. I want to read this to you. I want to read this to you. Ready, ready, ready. Ooh, I'm so excited. Y'all know, y'all know. What's up? Okay. Bam. Lord came down on the cloud. Moses climbed up. He came down on the cloud. He stood there. I love this. Ready? And God called out his own name. Y'all need to see this. Slow, slow your mind down. Slow your mind down. God called down his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses. God is speaking to the third person. Don't know why, but I see how beautiful it is. In front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord 
the God of compassion and of mercy. I am slow to anger. It's crazy because a lot of times we go to God's presence expecting him to say something about us to us for us. But when Moses gets into the highest part of the mountain and he gets to God, God doesn't talk about Moses. God talks about himself. Why? Because what God is can take you further than who you are. And so many of us, we come to church, God, what is my blessing so I can go further, faster? God is saying, no, you don't need your blessing. You need me. You don't need a miracle. You need me. Are you ready? No, 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 no. Are you really ready? Are you in your seat just ready to jump right back out for what God is going to do in your life? So many of us, we come to church and our hands never go up. And it's because our hearts are never ready. Because you think ready is being in control. God say no, ready is being committed. Are you ready? I've had so many people tell me when I was a basketball coach, yo, coach, I'm going to tryouts. A word? Yeah, I'm going to make the team. A word? Yeah, I'm going to be the number one scorer. A word? Yeah, I'm going to be the best player. You, I'm going to be the starter. I'm going to have all the points. Oh, you're going to survive tryouts? They come to tryouts. What's going on, Christian? I miss you, bro. Come to tryouts. They go to the basketball court. There's no basketball in sight. Like, coach, I thought this was tryouts. You got to know how good I am, right? No, I don't got to know how good you are. I just want to know how committed you are. They said, what do you mean, coach? I said, let's go to the field. We're going to run. We're going to run all day. We're going to run all night. We're not going to touch a basketball for weeks. My coach did that to me, and we almost quit. We finally get to the field, and and they're saying, coach, uh, this isn't a basketball court. This is just an ugly field. I said, I know. Get ready to run. Come on, start running. And we started running and running and running. And now the people that were once saying, Coach, I'm going to be the best. Coach, I'm going to go all in, are now the people sitting on the sidelines. The people that said, Dennis, I'm ready to change my city. Dennis, I'm ready to do whatever it takes for God to change my family, for God to change me, are now the same people that are back in the street, working the block, doing what they thought it was best. And, and I talked to them and I said, Yo, what's going on, bro? Where you been? I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you know, it was too hard. I, I wasn't feeling it. And I said, wait, but I, I thought you were ready. See, they were ready as in their attention was on their feelings, but it wasn't really on their purpose. I, I, I want you to understand this. Purpose requires attention. Attention does not require purpose. Let me break this down for you. If you're going to live in your purpose, you need to be laser beam focused. Your attention has to be on the purpose God has for your life. Every step you take has to make it there. Every grind that you grind has to go all the way through. Every frustration has to be felt all the way through. But just because you're paying attention to something doesn't mean it's worth your purpose. So your purpose will require you to have attention on it all the time. Just because you're paying attention to something doesn't mean you're walking in your purpose. Just because he's got your attention doesn't mean he's your soulmate. Just because that job has your attention because it pays real good and it's got great benefits doesn't mean that's where God wants to take you. Your your purpose is going to require all your attention. But be careful what you give your attention to because your purpose needs it. You need to have filters for what you allow into your mind. You need to have boundaries for when you start overthinking. You need to have understanding. You need to set some truths in your life, some affirmations in your life. So when you start going crazy in the head, you're saying, no, I'm not putting my attention on things without purpose because my purpose needs my attention. If I'm going to walk where God has me, I need to pay attention to who God is. 
Are you ready? I'm not talking about are you in control. I'm talking about are you committed to the things you used to tell God you were going to do with him, but now you just do it by yourself. To the dreams that you used to have with God. God, I can't wait till we do this. And I can't wait till we do that. And now you're just saying, ah, I think I'll skip on that. I don't, I don't think that's so important anymore. But are, are you ready? Because it's going to require all your attention on your purpose. We fast forward a little bit. We see a, a couple hundred years later, there's a man named Elijah. Oh, man. When we open up our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19, it's not going to be on the screens. Don't worry about it. Elijah just did something crazy. Elijah went all out. Like, he was wilding. And now there's this lady who wants to kill Elijah. So Elijah starts running away from the lady who's trying to kill him because he's scared. And as he's running, he's running, he's running. The Bible picks up on Elijah. Uh, I mean, 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, it says, Then the angel of the Lord came and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. Uh, get up and eat some more. The journey ahead will be too much for you. This is why I come to church. This is why you'll see me here consistently. This is why you see me plugged in and all out for the church. Why? Because with the angel toward Elijah, he's telling us right now, he said, get up and eat because the journey ahead will be too much for you. So Elijah, he got up, he ate, he drank, he continued on already. I, I love this. Elijah traveled to Mount Sinai. Somebody say Mount Sinai. Y'all remember that one. Elijah traveled to Mount Sinai. This is hundreds of years after Moses. He lived and he passed away. Elijah travels to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came into a cave where he spent the night ready. I love this. But the Lord said to Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, touched down on the altars of others, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me too. I love what God does. God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, ready, ready, the Lord passed a mighty windstorm that hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast, such a terrible wind that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After there was a mighty earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, the Bible says this, that there was a whisper. He didn't even know what the whisper said, but the Bible says there was a gentle whisper. So Elijah covers his head, and, and he steps outside to hear what the whisper is saying. You know what the whisper is saying? Elijah, what are you doing here? The same thing he heard when he first got to the mountain. He went through an entire process of fire, earthquake, and wind to only hear the exact same phrase in a whisper. What are you doing here? You see, God did not ask this question for God to find out. He asked this question so Elijah could understand and see for himself and say, what am I doing here? But the Bible says he went to Mount Sinai, which is the mountain of God. I imagine what he was expecting when he got to God's mountain the same thing Moses got, right? The glory of God. God promising miracles and wonders. But when he gets to the same mountain with the same God that promised Moses miracles, he gets a question. What are you doing here? What happens
happens when God blesses your neighbor, but when he looks at you, he says, what are you doing here? What happens when God gives your family a breakthrough, but you still feel depressed and alone, and when you look to God, he looks at you and says, what are you doing here? I don't, I don't get that, God. But then I start thinking about Elijah. See, Elijah went to the mountain of God, but was he looking for God? Or was he looking for the same moment that Moses had with God? See, we, we, we have to explain and we have to understand, man, Elijah, what are you doing here? And I think we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing here? Some of y'all saw what happened last week on Instagram here. Power and the glory of God. Some of y'all came last week and you're saying, I, I got to see it again. Uh, Christian was singing it, and, and my heart was dropping, and, and the glory, the anointing, and, and the Holy Spirit power, and you come for the exact same thing, and God says, what are you doing here? Did you want me? Did you want me? You know, so many times we worship the chills, but we don't worship the you, the only thing you expect out of a worship moment is tears. Oh That's all you want? I have conversations with students. I'm an youth pastor. I cry. Oh my God, worship was awesome. I saw her crying. I, 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 I saw her kneeling on the ground. Okay, but well, how was your worship experience? Ah, ah. Why do you go to church? Well, why do you go to the house of the Lord? For God? For that mountain moment. You, you, you're going to get your mountain moment. But man, why are you here? What are you doing here? It's crazy. I, I see two men. Same God. Same place. Different experiences. I, I, I'm going to close up. I'm over time. I'm going to shut up right now. We're going to jump right back into worship. Get ready, team. We look at John chapter 19, verse 23. By the way, after I'm done preaching, I'm going to give somebody a moment of salvation. If you want to say yes to Jesus, this is for you. Give me five more minutes, and we're going to lead you into this. And your life is going to change because you're not here for the mountain moment. You're here for the God of the mountain. He's going to change your life. He's going to set you free. I, I, I was praying a long time for this sermon. And God said, tonight is a night of freedom. Tonight is a night of freedom. Tonight is a night of freedom. And I wanted to say other things in my prayer, but God shut me up and he said, tonight is a night of freedom. And as I was praying in my room, I, I was so frustrated because I, I didn't know how I was going to preach this and I didn't know how I was going to say this, but as I would close my notebook, all I would begin to praise God, help me preach this good, help me preach this good. But he shut me up and he said, no, Dennis, tonight is a night of freedom. Tonight is a night of freedom. I, I want to teach you something in John chapter 19. Y'all ready? No, 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 no. Are you ready? <laughs> Y'all committed for this? Because this is going to hurt you a little bit. John chapter 19. So I'm asking you to join me. John chapter 19. As Jesus was on the cross, breathing his last couple of breaths, the Bible says in John 19, verse 23 through 24, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe. Somebody say his robe. But it was seamless, woven all in one piece from top to bottom. Verse 24 already. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. 
And this fulfilled the scripture that says they divided my garments among themselves through dice for it. I, I like to picture the Bible a lot when I, when I read it. And it didn't look like this, but I can imagine the garment of Jesus, the robe, you know what I'm talking about. And I can imagine, like, you go crazy for, like, an autographed Michael Jordan jersey. Like, imagine having the robe of Jesus. Like, that would be crazy. Uh, I went to a conference recently. They gave away some uh, Mariano Rivera, like, baseballs. And I've never heard so much yelling in my life. It was crazy. I said, man, if somebody would do that for a baseball with a signature, uh, imagine what they would do for the robe of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, who died for me and set me free. The Bible says they threw dice for this thing. They crucified my king, they crucified our king, and, and they threw dice for it. I, I can imagine the life of the man who actually won, picks it up. I won, y'all lost. I rolled the best dice, y'all lost. It's all mine. I can imagine him putting it on, saying he's Jesus, laughing about Jesus, mocking Jesus. The soldier saying, oh, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus. He goes to sleep that day. He puts it down. He tells his wife, hey, yo, babe, I got the robe of Jesus. Remember the man that we crucified? I got his robe. Puts it down, wakes up. The next morning goes to work as a soldier. He goes to all his soldier friends pretending to be Jesus. They all laugh and mock Jesus. Third day goes by. He goes to work again. The same old robe. Same old joke. You know that friend that tells just the same joke every single time? That's the soldier. He goes, third day. Hey, I'm Jesus. You know me. I got his robe, so that makes me Jesus. And I can imagine his friends with tears in his eyes. His friends are shaking. The other soldiers around him, they're not even laughing at the joke anymore. They're saying, oh, oh no, that's Jesus' robe? Yes, yeah, Jesus. Remember, I won. I beat you guys in the dice game. No, no, no. You better put that down. You don't know what happened? No, what, what, what are you talking about? I can imagine the soldier looking at the robe in his hand saying, wait, wait, wait he, he really was the Messiah. Wait, wait, he wasn't lying. We crucified the Messiah. And I can imagine him drop the robe and, and, and be in wonder and say, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I can't believe I was so close to Jesus and I missed it. I went to the mountain for the moment, but I did not find the God of the mountain because I went for the wrong reason. And I can imagine him. I, I'm so sorry. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I came here for the wrong reasons. I'm sorry. I came here to grow myself and not to know you more. I'm sorry. I came here for that girl and, and I came here for that guy and I came here for my friends. God, God I'm sorry. I missed my moment because my attention was on things that had no purpose instead of focusing on my purpose in you, Jesus. You know what's crazy? Two chapters before this story. Baba says, uh, there's a story in the Bible. It's a woman with the issue of blood. Y'all heard that story. Baba says she had an issue of blood for years and years and years. She sees Jesus going through the street, and, and she's, she's literally reaching out towards Jesus. The Bible says she never touched Jesus. You know what she did touch? His robe. This is the same person, the same robe, two different outcomes. Can I let you know, the soldier sacrificed Jesus, but the woman with the issue of blood sacrificed herself to get to Jesus. What are you doing here? Are you here to sacrifice our Savior? Or are you here to get yourself out the way? Get on your knees and say, God, I didn't come here for a mountain moment. I came here for the God of the mountain. I'm here to climb all the way up. 
I don't care whether I get my blessing, my miracle or not. As long as I have Jesus. Come on, I've got everything that I need. You can stand up right where you are. Come on, you can stand. You can praise God. Not for what he's done. Not for what he's doing. But for who he is. He is faithful. He is good. He has mercy. Gibby, you're going to have to buy a new one. I got sweat all over this. Got a question? I'm done. I'm seven minutes over. Forgive me, media team. What are you doing here? God already knows. He's not asking for you to tell him. He wants you to ask yourself. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads? Ask yourself, what am I doing here? Come on, right where you're at. Nobody's looking around. This is your own moment. I'm not even looking at you. I got no interest in that. This is you and God. Why am I here? What am I doing here? Another way to ask that question, what am I looking for? on am I like the soldier sacrificing Jesus or am I here because I'm willing to sacrifice myself to get to what I need that is Jesus come on I promise y'all a moment of salvation here it is this is the moment you've been asking for without even knowing you were asking for it. Come on, you can return and say, God, where's my sign? Right here. I am here. I am your sign. This miracle that's standing right in front of you preaching today that should not have been here. The person next to you that should not be there worshiping God, but they are. There is your sign. God, I need you to give me a sign. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here, and it's asking, are you ready? Not do you know everything, not are you, com uh, not are you in control. It's asking, are you ready, as in, are you committed? Come on, right where you're at. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, let me count to three and shoot your hand up once I say the number three. Come on, let me count to three. This is your moment with God. Every leader in the room praying over every first-time guest, every leader in the room praying over every person who has not accepted Jesus. Come on, at the count of three, if you want to receive the love of God, come on, he's tugging on your heart. He's asking you, are you ready? Not do you know everything, but are you committed to this? Come on, one. Come on, if this is you, ready, one. Two, come on, right now, three, if you want Jesus, come on. I see two hands right here. I see three, four, come on, is there anybody else in the room? Come on, three, four, I see five, I see six. Come on, is there anybody else? I see seven, come on, I see eight. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, this is why we're here. Oh, man, I want to run, I want to run, I want to run. I'm so, I'm so crazy right now.